to Marriage Sensation. We're a marriage ministry located out of our church, New Life at Calvary, on East 79th and Euclid Avenue in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm Walter Glenn. And I'm Katie Glenn. And we're delighted to have you with us today. Today we're going to talk about making your marriage last, getting through to the end together. So we're going to talk about uh, having this long-lasting, vibrant marriage. And we found that one of the first components to that, or the major component to that, is a thing called friendship. So Katie, why don't you take it away? So when you're uh, building your marriage, the, like Walter said, the first thing is friendship. You want to become friends. Yeah. And you want to incorporate that friendship into your marriage. Because I think when you become friends first, you actually learn more about the person because you're just friends. Mm -hmm. And once you get married, you bring all of that information into the marriage and that just helps the your friendship grow. Mm -hmm. And it also helps your marriage just be stronger. I agree. I think marriage should always be a constant building of the friendship. Right. Uh, you, you start out as really good friends and you become better and better and better friends over the years and years and years of marriage. And I, I do agree that that is the major component in staying married. It's being friends and having right. this lifelong friendship. And actually each liking other. each other. Yeah, that yeah. helps out. Now, there are some challenges that come with this work on uh, friendship within your marriage. And uh, one of them is a willingness to want to stay together. Even yeah. though that doesn't sound like a challenge, it can be because there are going to be a lot of changes going on in your marriage. You're going to change personally. He, your spouse is going to change. And so that desire to want to stay together, you need to work at it. You well, need to be very intentional about it. I think the mere fact that we are selfish individuals, uh, that weighs in heavily with the desire right. to want to make your marriage work. Mm -hmm. uh, the selfishness in marriage says that I want things to work for me, and when they don't work for me, then, hey, uh, this marriage is, uh, is a problem, it's disposable, and, I, I, and I'll right. make changes. I'll, right. I'll, I'll go and, you know, and, and uh, get a divorce and marry somebody else. And so, uh, in Marriage Sensation, we teach that... Um, the goal there is to work at your marriage constantly, right. work at it. What's the next point, honey? Um, another area, uh, a challenging area is choosing the wrong associations mm -hmm. in your life. That's a big one. There could be um, friends that are really not rooting for you. There are friends that may you know, tear, tear you down a little bit at a time and those are the, the groups that you really don't want to be associated with because it, it, it can't creep into your marriage, it can't creep into your mind, like, you know, why are they saying this? And, you know, so you don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, I think uh, bad association corrupts. That's what the scripture says. Uh, that, uh, you know, anytime you get folks that say stuff like, uh, oh, you got to check in, uh, or, uh, oh, you want a curfew now, huh? Uh, those are things that, uh, you know, tend to undermine the right. marriage. They tend you to sort of uh, cast doubt. And it doesn't necessarily have to be friendships or, or friends that will do that. It can be relatives. It can be anybody that sure. has their own best interests in mind. They have their right. own motivation in mind. So we got to watch out for that. Bad association can really hurt in marriage. So keep positive <laughs> associations. 
Another area is life after kids. But I've heard there is no life after kids. Well, we know we've had life after yeah, kids. So. Right. They, just, they, they, they suck everything out of you, but that's why they're here. Well, the life after kids is the fact that you've got to, we've got to constantly cultivate a relationship with while we have kids. I mean, right. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a time that while, yeah, we have children, but we've still got to work on our relationship. Right, we can't exactly. neglect the relationship uh, mm-hmm. because we have kids. And I know right. we only have so much energy in a day. All of us only have so much energy. And I know that was the issue for us when we got uh, when we had young kids uh, because, um, you know, uh, you would be tired at the end of the day. And, and we, we've got to work on how do we a lot the proper amount of time for and our how spouse how do we get the balance how do we uh work on uh really really uh, having a vibrant relationship uh mm-hmm. and maybe that means we put the kids to bed earlier but maybe it means we do certain things maybe we have uh grandma grandpa babysit more uh right. you know there, there there are numerous ways to sort of keep your relationship alive mm-hmm. uh while we have kids uh while we have children because um uh, that's a that's a it's a stressful time, but it's also right. a time of opportunity in our marriages. Another uh, challenge is that we have to try to avoid the drift. Yeah. That's when we just don't meet eye to eye, or we just you know that friendship is kind of shaky, and because things may not be going the way you wanted them to go, or how your spouse wanted them to go. And so, you know, that drift is where I'm, I'm, I'm looking someplace else. So you have to really fight that off. Yeah, the drift can happen at any point in our marriages. It can happen in year one. It can happen in year 71. Uh, and so we've got to constantly fight against drifting apart and do activities that build a connection. We talked about that last week or two weeks ago, actually. We talked about building that connection. And the... Um, Another challenge is always talking about divorce when something, you know, bad happens in your marriage or things are not working out well. What we need to do is to, to leave that off, the, take that off the table Agreed. right away because you need to be uh, committed to each other. And so divorce, I remember watching a, a video, a marriage video, and the speaker said that they don't even use divorce in their vocabulary. They have taken it out of their vocabulary because they are working to make their marriages last. Yeah, well, if you're building a lasting marriage, uh, anytime things go wrong, we can't uh, drop the uh, atom bomb of marriage, which is the constant threat of divorce. So Mm -hmm. uh, we've got to work to eliminate that kind of language from our, our vocabulary, as you said. Uh, and it shouldn't be our default mechanism. It shouldn't be right. something we go to as a threat. Uh, mm-hmm. Divorce is a serious matter, and uh, as actually we're going to discuss it on a topic coming up. Uh, but we really want to eliminate that type of attitude. It's the attitude in behind it, I think, right. that's so dangerous, you know, because it's, it's used usually as a threat. Yeah. So now let's talk about how do you build a friendship, and it begins with shared interests, and that means that you're you're sharing activities that you like to do together, and that could be be hobbies, 
for sports, either playing sports or watching sports. I remember I started watching basketball to spend time with you and then to try and learn about the game, basketball and football, try to learn about the game a little bit. But I wind up asking like a bazillion questions. But he's, he's very patient and he does answer all of them, so I'm grateful for that. But another is going to the movies or going to a play or some kind of class together, like a cooking class or a painting class or um, gardening together, which we love to do, and uh, travel. And it just depends on you know, where you are in your season of marriage, whether you can do a lot of traveling together or you take it to kids or whatever, but really you want to um, do something together. Yeah, some, some shared activities have a season. They have a life a shelf life. I mean, obviously, uh, we you know we know couples that they run marathons together. So uh, I doubt that seriously if they're going to be 70, 80 years old running marathons together. So that has a season. So now maybe they shift from running marathons together to walking together. Right. So while it's a shared activity, it has a time life to it, and mm -hmm. there's a, a season mm -hmm. to it. Right. And. Well, and then there's other things that uh, have no season to them. You can go to a movie no matter what age you are, you know, right. as long as you can drive and you're, you know, you know, right. you like the movie. So those are things that they really don't have a shelf life. So uh, some things will, you know, you'll be able to do for long periods of time, and some things are, uh, it's a little more limited because mm -hmm. of uh, age and health and other factors. Right. right. The next area is a big one. It's called forgiveness. And we have to have, uh, let's fill our marriages with grace so that we can forgive each other because God forgives us all the time. Jesus is the and model. so it's nothing to, it should be nothing to really apologize to your um, spouse and um, just bring that grace into your marriage. Yeah, grace is a, and forgiveness is a critical component in marriage because we all are going to have plenty of opportunity to forgive each other. Right. You've been married more than two weeks, you're going to have opportunity to have to forgive each other, uh, and it's probably going to be a little more often than you would ever imagine. <laughs> right. So right. we all share in that uh, goal of having to really, really think about how we, right. how are we going to, how are we going to have a grace-filled marriage, how are we going to forgive each other mm -hmm. uh, when things don't quite line up the way we want them to. Or when to. We, we mess up. Or when we mess up, because it's going <laughs> to happen. Like it. So you have to commit to, to forgiveness, that you're really going to work hard to do yep. that. And, uh, you know, unforgiveness can ruin many uh, relationships because it, it's just, it's just a um, hardening of your heart that you have there, so... Yeah, if you can remember uh, an incident from 30 years ago and what the person had on and what they said, and you know, and uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, what we're talking about here. You know, where we've got to be able to move past that. Uh, that's a strong suit in our marriage is the fact that we're able to sort of forgive each other rather quickly. Another thing is forgiveness does have some limits because if there is abuse going on in the marriage. I mean, you can forgive, but if it keeps happening and happening, then it, it's time to make a move and yes. get out of that situation. Counseling, reevaluation. Yes, right. if you're in harm's right. way or infidelity, con consistent right. inf infidelity. Mm -hmm. Those are things that, uh, you know, uh, 
forgiveness, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, really that there, there's, there needs to be an evaluation there. The, uh, really the last area is expectations. Yeah. And we all have them. We all, you know, what is, what is our marriage going to be like? You know, mm -hmm. what are we going to do for each other? Um, you know, what do we expect out of our marriage? And we have to, you're going to always be defining and managing expectations always. as you age because your situation they, is going to change. They're going to change. Yeah. They're going to change. I mean, your kids are going to be gone and then it'll just be the two of you. And, you know, what do we, what do we expect of our marriage now that our kids are gone? You know, what are we going to do? It's like sometimes you have to learn each other all over again because you focus so much on your children or maybe your job or just your life, you lose touch with your with your spouse. And the one thing that we require in marriage sensation is that you have a date night. Yeah. And then you come back and report to the group, you know, what you did so that maybe give somebody else an idea of, of a date night. Well, expectations are going to change because right. of, of our age. I mean, right. We don't probably have the same financial expectations uh, when we're 30 as when we're 70 mm -hmm. or 80. You know, we don't right. have the same uh, right. emotional expectations, uh, even physical expectations. Right. You know, so they're going to change as as we build more years and more and more years into our marriage. Uh, right. That's just the reality of it. Uh, so uh, you know, certain things are going to change, and we have to make the decision. And I think this is interesting in marriage, how you how we make that decision. What do we do now, and what do we do setting up our later years? Uh, uh, and by that I mean, okay, do we, because there's only certain things, there's certain things that you have to do now, or, or in your health years, right. that you may not be able to do later. I mean, you know, so uh, you want to, you want to make that determination as a couple. What are some of the things we that are really important to do when we're in our right. 30s, when we're in our 40s, when we're in our 50s, even 60s or 70s, that we're not going to be able to do when we're 90 together? Right. So right. we've got to make that decision. What's the now and then what's the later? Because we've got to manage both. Right. We can't get to the end of it and be broke and have no money. Right. So right. we've got to manage our finances. We've got to manage a lot of things for now and later. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we'll uh, wrap this up with some final thoughts. And one that is the goal in marriage should be about us and not about we. I mean, yeah. the us and not about me. So that's a, that's a, can be a challenge because, like you said earlier, we're, we're selfish. all selfish. Yeah, we're we selfish. Want what, we want what we want for us, and oftentimes we don't think about our spouse. So that's something we have to constantly examine our relationship are we moving towards selfishness or are we continuing to engage our spouse yeah, I think when we evaluate uh, week by week month by month and we say you know I've been a little more into the me part of it of the marriage than the we part then I think we have to uh, make that shift and back to the we right exactly we gotta, we gotta move to back way. to the we mm -hmm. and um you know, our goal is to finish well. That's the goal. We want to finish well in our marriages. And, you know, it's whether we're in year one or year <laughs> 71 of our marriages, we want to finish well. And in marriage, after a while, you, you develop a rhythm. And we have to keep dancing together 
to uh, to the beat of to the, the music. beat of that rhythm, yeah. so that we can end well. Yeah, it's it, and it's what we call in marriage legacy. We want to build a legacy. We want to be that older couple that walks through the mall and everybody says, "Boy, I wonder how they got to this place where they got to." And you know, I always wonder that when I see an older couple, what was their yeah. journey? I mean, I'm sure there were highs and lows, but right. what did their journey look like? Because through it all, they're still in it together. Amen. They wanted to finish. They made the decision. Right. that they wanted to finish well. We implore you, whether you're, like Katie said, whether you're year one or you're year 71, the goal is to always be building towards that finish line because it gets there sooner than we <laughs> think. Right, it does. So, with that said, we want to thank you for joining us on the broadcast. And as always, we want your marriage to be... Sensational. Sensational.